That song <clears throat> refers to a glorious incident in the life of Peter and John. The lame man was sitting at the gate of the temple. Jesus had passed by him many times. And he sat there begging for money because he was uh, crippled, lame. For some reason, Jesus never stopped. He passed him by. And there was a reason. Now that Jesus had died on the cross, risen from the dead, and ascended into heaven, as a part of beginning his church, he said to Peter and John as they were walking in the temple, the, the lame man said, um, give me alms. And the remarkable statement of Peter and John was, silver and gold have we none. But in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And you see, rising up is obeying what God tells you to do. That's when you rise up. And so this lame man, in obedience to the word from God, rise up, take up your bed, rise up. He went into the temple jumping and laughing and praising God. And Peter and John went right on in there, and a great crowd gathered. And they told them all about Jesus, all the crowd that came because this man had risen up and walked. And thousands were saved that day. I think it was two or 3,000 that were saved as a result of that miracle of God where a lame man obeyed the word of God and he rose up. Now, the way you experience miracles in your life is by obeying what Jesus tells you to do. If in an area of your life he says to you, I want you to rise up. In, in, in sheer faith, you need to do, obey him, leaving the results to him. That man was lame, so he did, obviously he had some idea that he might walk, but he'd never tried before. So today in this message that I'm going to preach, it could, be well, it could be well that Jesus might say to you in this message, rise up. And what you need to do is in your heart, you need to do what he tells you to do and receive the blessing that he wants to give you. It's called obeying the voice of the Lord. I was sitting at the breakfast table yesterday. I had already eaten breakfast. And I had begun to prepare the message for today. Just, you know, writing some stuff down. And my wife looked across the table and she said, well, well what are you going to preach on tomorrow? I guess she was going to try to decide whether she'd come or not. But I said, <laughs> well, what are you going to preach on tomorrow? Uh, I said, what time is it? She, she looked at me and said, well, it's 9.15. I said, no, that's what I'm preaching on. I'm preaching on what time is it? And I think that's a valuable question to ask about you. What time is it in your life? Where are you on the journey that God, of life that God has given you? 
And it would be good for you to evaluate, well, really, what time is it in my life? At what part of my journey in living on this earth am I now experiencing? You know, some of you would might say to me, Brother Fred, tell you what time it is. This is a good time for me. It's a real good time in my life. It, it, I'm not saying I'm having a mountaintop experience. But I'll tell you, I'm, I'm in a, the, probably the best place I've been in a long time. You know, things are going well. It seems like that instead of trying to climb a hill that's impossible, it seems like I'm going downhill and life's a little easier. You know, instead of uh, having the wind blowing in my face and me fighting the wind, it seems like the wind is at my back. You know, I'll tell you what time it is. It's a good time in my life. Well, be blessed and thank the Lord for that. But yet there are others of you who would say to me, you know, huh, it, it's, what time is it? It's, it's not too good, Pastor. It's not too good. It seems like I'm walking through a valley. I'm just walking through a valley. And life it right now for me is a struggle. And life for me right now has many unanswered questions. Sometimes I think about the future. And I say, well, you know, I know what time it is now. But what's it going to be down the road? Some of you may be battling discouragement, disappointment, depression, failure. And, and you're simply saying, well, I, I know things can be better. And that is my desire. But right now, I'll tell you what time it is. It's not, it's not uh, real good. I'm in a valley. And I'm just looking forward to somehow getting beyond this. Well, you know, there is a passage of Scripture that tells us what time it is. And it's in the book of Hosea, chapter 10, verses 12 and 13. Uh, and I want you to be sure and just look carefully at this verse now. It says, Sow for yourselves righteousness. Reap in mercy. Break up your fallow ground. It is time, oh, he's fixing to tell us what time it is. Sow for yourselves in righteousness, reap in mercy, break up your fallow ground, for it is time. Well, what time is it? It is time to seek the Lord. Would you underline that? I don't care if you're on the mountain, and it's never been better. Or you're in the valley, and it's never been deeper. I'm going to tell you, it is time to seek the Lord till he comes and rains righteousness on you. You have sowed wickedness. You have reaped iniquity. You have eaten the fruit of lies because you trusted. Wait a minute, let's at this now. You've eaten the fruit of lies because you trusted in your own way and in the multitude of your mighty men. So I want to answer the question today for you, and regardless what time it is in your life, there's some things I want you to understand. It is time for you to seek the Lord. 
It is time for you to seek the Jesus that we've been singing about. It's time for you to seek Jesus who has absolutely transformed so many lives in this building today. And they're not what they used to be. They're a new creation in Christ. Do you realize how much God wants you to seek him? Isn't it amazing? God spoke this universe into being. What a mighty God he is. He said, let there be light, and there was light. And he divided the darkness from the light. And man, he put the sun just where it needed to be. And he put the moon just where it needed to be. And he got, got the word earth twirling just the way it ought to do. And, and you know, and, and, but th- that God who is all-powerful, all-knowing, ever-present, all-seeing, it is time for, to seek him. Do you want know that he wants you to seek him? It is his heart that you would seek him. Listen to what he says in Psalm 27, verse 8. He said, when you said, seek my face, my heart said to you, your face, Lord, I will see. Well, what a great response. Oh, when you said, seek my face, my heart said to you, your face, Lord, I will see. That's what God wants you to do. Jesus wants you to seek him. There's another great verse of scripture. Boy, this is a great promise if you seek the Lord. In Isaiah 55, verse 6 and 7, I want you to listen to this. Boy, this is good. Seek the Lord while he may be found. (laughs) Is there a time when he can't be found? Is there a time when it passes you by and you do not respond? All I know is, he said, seek the Lord while he may be found. And listen to this. Call upon him when he is near. Oh, there are times when God is near. He's everywhere. He's ever present everywhere. You never get out of his presence. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. But there are times in your life when it seems he's just a little closer and that you feel the tug of the Holy Spirit at your heart And you say, I believe God's speaking to me. I believe God's dealing with me. It seems to me like God is near. It says, seek the Lord while he may be be found. Seek the Lord while he is near. Now, look, look at the rest of that. Let the wicked forsake his way. Wow. And the unrighteous man, his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord. And look at the promise. And he will have mercy on him. Wow. He said, you know, if you seek the Lord now, while he's here, while he can be found. And you say, I'm not going to live the way I've been living. There's been wickedness in my life. I've been wicked. He said, but I'm going to forsake my wicked way. And I'm going to forsake my unrighteous thoughts. And I'm going to go to Jesus. And look what it says. He will have mercy on you. Praise God. When God tells you to seek him, it's not so that he can beat you up. It's not so that he can put you on a guilt trip. It's not so that he can bring up all the mess, times you messed up in the past in your wicked ways. It is so. You know what? God invites you to him so he can uh, have mercy on you. And that mercy is God doesn't give us what we deserve. 
And he will have mercy on him and, on, and, and, and in our God, for he will abundantly, wait a minute, abundantly pardon. Wow. So it is time to seek the Lord. It is time. And he desires you to seek him. There's another passage. See, you, you, you feel like that God has forgotten about you. You feel like that Jesus doesn't even know who you are or where you are. You're dead wrong. You're dead wrong. The hairs on your head are numbered. If a sparrow falls to the ground, God knows it. How much more does God know everything that's going on in your life and everything that's gone on in your life? Said, I mean, you, you just remember this. You're not a number or just a name. You're somebody that God loves deeply. And he loves you so much that he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross in your place. And so look what he says in Jeremiah about how he wants us to seek him. I know the thoughts that I think about toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not evil. No, wait a minute, wait a minute. God says, I want you to know I'm, this is what I'm thinking about you. Thoughts of peace and not evil. To give you a future and a hope. You know one of the devil's biggest lies? You don't have a future. You don't have any hope. Seems like every week or every few days, I hear someone that committed suicide. They were either a, a close to a family member or of a friend. And uh, I, I was talking to a gentleman, and, and he told me about his nephew. Uh, this guy, he's a member of our church. He was, talked about his nephew. At 32, he had committed suicide just last couple of weeks. And how his, all the family had been devastated. How they'd just broken. You see, the devil lied to him. You don't have any hope. And you don't have a future. But listen to what God says. I know my thoughts toward you are good and not evil to give you a hope and a future. And then you will call upon me and, 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 and pray to me and I will listen to you, God said. You'll call upon me and, and I will listen to you. And you will, now here, listen to this. You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. I mean, it is amazing. Jesus Christ wants you to seek him. The Father wants you to seek him. You say, I'm not that important. You're as important as anybody else in this world. My heavens, don't believe the lie of the devil. I mean, God, when he created you, did not create junk. Yeah, we, got the, we, we inherited the sinful nature of Adam. But you've got to realize that God wants you to seek him. And by the way, you know how he, he's, have you ever, you ever felt, know how you felt welcome? You'd feel welcome. You'd see somebody you hadn't seen in a good while. And boy, you'd just, they'd just come up and you'd give them a hug and they'd give you a hug. You'd say, man, it's so good to see you. Boy, you felt so welcomed. It's almost like I see Jesus. And he's standing there and says, you know, my thoughts are towards you are good and not evil. It's to give you a hope and a future. He said, well, why don't you just come on and seek me with your whole heart? Come on. I want to welcome you. I, I want to welcome you. I want to give you a future. And I want to give you. A, and it's just like Jesus Christ wants to take you into his arms. And let you feel the blessing of being loved. 
like you have never felt before. It's amazing how much the Bible teaches that God is seeking us. Let me give you one other verse. Hebrews eleven six says, But without faith it is impossible to please him. You can't please God unless when God says rise, you rise. That's faith. Without faith it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is. Listen to this. And that he diligently, that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. God rewards those who diligently seek him. So no wonder the, the, the writer in Hosea said, it is time to seek the Lord. Till he comes and rains righteousness upon you. It is time to seek the Lord. Because he wants you to seek him. I love Matthew six thirty three, where Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God. And he was talking about the rule of God in our hearts. And all these other things will be added unto you. <clears throat> we don't need to be like Felix, y'all. God wants, God wants us to seek him. Jesus is asking you to seek him now. But, you know, and, and, and we need to realize that it's now. But don't you be like Felix. In Acts 24, 24 and 25, listen to this. After some days when Felix came with his wife, Drusilla, who was Jewish, he sent for Paul and heard him concerning faith in Christ. Here's the, the ruler, the king, sends for Paul, and he already knew Paul's testimony, how God had miraculously saved him out of religion and to personal faith in Christ on that Damascus road. And he knew all of Paul's testimony, but God was dealing with him. <clears throat> and so he sent for him. And look what Paul did. He reasoned about righteousness, self-control, and the judgment to come. He, he really gave a word to Felix. Felix was afraid and answered. Now listen to what he said. You know what he, when he says he was afraid? God was convicting Felix. God was dealing with him. In his heart, he knew that he was not right. And in his heart, he knew there needed to be a change. But he said, wait a minute. He said, and Felix was afraid and answered. Now listen to this. Go away. When I have a more convenient time, I will call for you. You know what he said? <clears throat> Paul, you're right. God is dealing with me. And I do need the Jesus that changed your life. But I'm going to tell you, it's not the right time for me. It's not the right time. Now, when, when the right time comes, I'll call for you. Guess what? The devil will see to it that it's never the right time. He'll order your circumstances. He'll lie to you. Well, you've got plenty of time. It says in Hosea, it is time to seek the Lord. In 2 Corinthians 6, 1 and 2, you know what it says? It says, behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, today is the day of salvation. <clears throat> well, you say, Brother Fred, I, I got that. God desires for me to seek him. Jesus is reaching out to me and calling on me. He says, listen, it's time for you to seek the Lord till I come. 
and touch your life. Well, let me ask you this. What is the pathway to seeking the Lord? You say, ah, that sounds good, Brother Fred, but, you know, uh, I've, got, I've been down a lot of roads and, 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 and done a lot of things and thought some, some, thought some were right and were and some were wrong and they were. But, but I, you, this, you're telling me that I, it's time for me to seek the Lord Jesus. Well, what, how do I do that? What is the pathway? What is the pathway? Boy, he makes it absolutely clear. I want you to listen to what he says. In, Hebrew, in Hosea 10, 12, I want you to listen to it. He says, sow, up for, sow for yourself righteousness, reap in mercy. Now, here's the thing. Break up your fallow ground. Break up your fallow ground. It is time to seek the Lord. Now, uh, I was not raised on a farm. I pastored churches where there were farmers. I planted a garden one time and went off for three days and the weeds overtook it and I never planted another one. In fact, in fact my farm uh, is at the produce place in the grocery store. You know, it's already picked and washed. Well, that ain't bad. But you know what fallow ground is? You see, they plow the ground, they plant it, they pick the crop, and then next year, they just leave it alone. It just lays there for a whole year. It's, it just lays there. And it gets hard. It gets crusty. It gets hard. And, and you, you could drop seed on it, and it wouldn't go in the ground. It'll just lay on top of it. Fallow ground is hard ground. It is ground that has not been plowed. And no fruit can come out of that ground until it is plowed. And so when he said, break up your fallow ground, he was saying, listen. You need to break up the hardness of your heart. There's some things you need to break up in your life if you're going to seek the Lord. There's some things that you need to break up. Break up your fallow ground. Put the plow into that. Let, let the plow go through the fallow ground of your heart. You know, I've noticed how they used to have a, a horse, a mule, and a, a, and a plow. And, and a guy would put his two hands behind it, and he'd fall behind the mule. And that plow would go into that fallow ground, and he would just open it up. And it would just lay open, and it would lay open. That's a picture of how God said, I want you to let the plow of the Holy Spirit just plow through your heart and break up that hard ground so that you can get to the place that you can seek the Lord with all your heart. It's time to break up the fallow ground. You say, well, Brother Fred, let me ask you this. Um, how do people... Get a hardened heart. How do people uh, have a, a ground in their life that is hard? And that's a good question. You see, we need to have a broken heart. We need to have a tender heart. We need to have a sensitive heart. We need to have a heart that is open to obey. But so many people have a hardened heart. Their, their hearts, it's, it's, it's fallow ground. And the plow's got to be put in it. And it's got to be opened up and, and before it can ever receive what God has for it. You know, I, I wondered, how do people get a hardened heart? How do people get fallow ground? And I never really thought of it this way. The other two I had. Here's, an, here's a man or a woman. And they're born into a home. And uh, 
It, it, it's, 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 a, it's not a Christian home. In fact, you probably might not even find a Bible. Nobody ever talks about God in that home. Nobody ever talks about Jesus. They may take God's name in vain every now and then. But really, there, there's just no spiritual, there's no presence of God there. There's no uh, teaching of the, of the Word of God. And so here's a, a child that grows up in a home where there's just, it's just pagan. It's just without God. And there's no mention of God. And really, it's not a good experience. Many times, it's abusive even. So they grow up, and then they go out into this world. And they don't know anything about Jesus. They don't know anything about forgiveness. They don't know anything how God wants to give them a life that is far better than they have. That God wants to give them a life with, without guilt and without shame and without captivity. They don't understand that. So they just go out into the world. And let me tell you one thing. If you don't know anything about Jesus and anything about God, nothing about the Bible, and you're just raised in a quote-unquote non-Christian home, you go up and you go out into this world, and guess what this world does? It hardens your heart. Boy, this world will give you a hardened heart. Woo. The way this world talks, the way this world acts, the sin that's in this world, my Lord, have mercy. I would hate to think that I would go out as an 18 or 19-year-old or a 15 or 16-year-old, and I'd go out into this world and hear all of the garbage and all of the lies and all the things that Satan, who's the prince of this world, has done. I'm telling you, I am not amazed that people who are raised without any knowledge of God grow up and get a hardened heart. No. And you try to talk to them about Jesus, and they don't understand, and they're really not interested because they, they have their own way of life. But I'm going to tell you something. If you were raised in a home where there was a Bible that was read, and if you were raised in a home where Jesus was talked about and forgiveness was talked about and the love of God was talked about and how that you could live a righteous and a godly life, if you were raised in a home like that, you are blessed indeed. But if you weren't, no wonder you have a hardened heart. So one thing is just being raised in a place where God is not mentioned. We grow up in this world, we get a hardened heart. But there's another way, reason, uh, we get a hardened heart. And that's because once we sin, and all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Once we sin and repeat that sin and repeat that sin, and God may speak to us and convict us. But we don't do anything about it. Uh, if, we, if we continue in sin of any kind and don't deal with it, you know what sin does? It hardens your heart. Oh, it does. The things that used to bother you, the first time you did that, or the first time you said that, or the first time that you looked at that, it was no big deal. But then the second time, and the third time, you know, it got where it didn't bother you. It got where you got used to it. I mean, you came accustomed to sin. And Bible says that it, sin, when it is not deal, dealt with, hardens our heart. It hardens our heart. Let me give you two verses. Hebrews 3.13. Exhort one another daily while it is called today. Listen to this. Lest your heart be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Oh. I can have a heart that is fallow ground, 
because of the deceitfulness of sin. Don't let your heart be hardened because of the deceitfulness of sin. In and, and, and Hebrews 4, 6 and 7, listen to what it says. Since therefore for it remains that some must enter in, and to those whom it was first preached that did, did not enter in because of disobedience, again designates a certain day saying to you, today, after such a long time it has been said, now listen to this, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. So, sin, when we just keep on doing it, God speaks to us about it, we just keep on doing it, it'll harden our heart. And, 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 and then God speaks to us. He said, if you hear his voice, rise up. Rise up. Today, if you hear your, his voice, don't let your heart be hardened because of the deceitfulness of sin. But th- there's another thing that causes you to have a hardened heart. Hey, by the way, I can't um, pass this without telling you of one of the greatest conversions I ever saw. There was a man that I met who was, um, I was living in Brandon, Mississippi. And uh, I got to know him. He was a wholesale car dealer, went to the auctions and bought and sold cars. But he was a pagan pagan, you know. I mean, some people are pagans. He was a pagan pagan. I mean, this man, I mean, all he did was go to the strip clubs, had a woman that lived with him. Never, never knew, knew nothing about God, knew nothing about Christianity, could care less about it. I mean, he was as lost as a goose in a hailstorm, and I don't know how lost that is. But, man, he was lost. But some of his friends began to witness to him. And so he, the girl, he said, lady he was living with said, well, let's go to church. So he went to church two or three times. Nothing happened. And I didn't expect anything happened if he's sitting there with a woman he's living with and not married to her. And so, uh, he, but he said, finally he came to this conclusion. <laughs> this particular day, this is what he said to God. He said, Lord, I'm going to tell you this. This is it. I'm going to church. And if you don't do, speak to me, and if you don't do something in my life, if you don't, if you don't make yourself real to me, I ain't never going back. And so that morning, I was preaching on this passage of Scripture. It is time to seek the Lord. And I got to that place where you've got to break up the fallow ground. All the things that harden your heart. All the things. And the Spirit of God fell on him. And he didn't wait till the service was over. He got up and walked out the side door. And the guy that was a friend of his went out and walked and, and, and met him. He said, listen, I've got to get right with God. God has spoken to me and showed me the hardness and the wickedness of my heart. And I, and today is the day that I must uh, seek the Lord till he's found. And he got wonderfully converted. Oh, my soul, he got converted. He got, he got so much on fire for God, I, I, it wasn't a matter of going to heaven. I was afraid he might overshoot heaven. I mean, this guy, I, I'm telling you, he got saved. Man, he, he poured all his liquor out. He said it took him about five hours, poured all his liquor out. Stopped going to the strip clubs, moved out from the woman he was living with, and he just sought God with all of his heart. And, 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 and he came to church there, and he used to go with me when I'd go to preach places. But just let me tell you something. Thank God he, he heard the voice of God, and he rose up, and he admitted that he had a hardened heart. So 
I'm telling you, if, if the sin will harden your heart. And, and there are two other ways, and this is especially meant for Christians. It is time to seek the Lord till he comes and rains righteousness upon you. Now, how in the world could a Christian who gets saved and who loves Jesus and knows Jesus, how in the world could a Christian's heart get hardened? I've seen it. I've had times in my life that I was on the borderline. I'm telling you, it was close. How has it happened? Can I tell you how it happens? It's not intentional. It's called neglect. It's called neglect. You see, in order for us to be in fellowship with God, first of all, we've we got to talk to Him. We've got to pray. In order for us to be in fellowship with God, we've got to know what He's saying. We've got to read His Word. The Bible is not a magical book, but it is a, it is a holy and inspired book. And when you read it, 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 it kind of washes you. And it encourages you and it inspires you. And you feel closer to the Lord. And so we've we, we got to have, uh, if a, a Christian cannot neglect the Bible. You can't neglect the Word of God. You can't neglect prayer. You've you got to talk to the Lord. And, and, but you know, sometimes we, we just, just drift along, drift along. The danger with drifting is this. You don't know you're drifting. Oh no, you don't know it. And then here's a Christian that the things God begins to speak to a believer, and he's not, not sensitive. He's not responsive. He won't respond. And we say, well, what's wrong? I, I, I mean, I've seen many a person who, who I knew at one time really walked with God and loved God, and, 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 but yet then they just kind of would fall by the wayside, and you'd go to them, and you'd find out that it wasn't something that happened overnight. It was that they just uh, neglected their spiritual life. They neglected their walk with God. They neglected their prayer life. They neglected the Word of God. And they didn't go to worship with God's people. And they neglected to worship God with the family of God. And guess what happened? Neglect led to the time that their heart, which was sensitive and was tender and was open, became hardened. Boy, that's not good. That's not good. It robs you. Of a wonderful sweet fellowship with God. But it can be. That just through neglect. Your heart will get hardened. But then there's one other way. Uh, in fact if you're raised in a home. Where there's no gospel. No word of God. And you go up in this world. Your heart can get hard. Sin will harden your heart. Neglect will harden your heart. And Hebrews 10, 13 though. It says this. Don't miss this. You have plowed wickedness. You've reaped iniquity. You've eaten the fruit of lies. Now listen to this. Because you trusted in your own way. You stopped listening to what God was telling you to do. And started doing what you wanted to do. It says because you trusted in your own way. And then look at the rest of the verse. And in the multitude of your mighty men. What happened? You just began to trust the flesh. That's exactly what it says. You trust it in your own way. And in those around you. Your, your, your hope was in what, quote, you could do or man could do. Well, I want you to understand. It is time for you to seek the Lord. Till he comes and rains righteousness upon you. 
Now, in order to seek him, you've got to break up that fallow ground. Man, you've got to be willing to repent of your sin. You've got to be willing to call sin, sin. And you've got to say, God, I don't want that in my life anymore. There's pleasure in sin for a season, but you know it's a short season. It's a short season. Because the devil is a liar, and he steals, kills, and destroys. So you have to repent, which means you change your mind, and you change your direction, and it's done by the Holy Spirit. So you break up that fallow ground by, re- by repentance of sin and stop neglecting what you know is important for you to grow spiritually and stop trusting in your own way and in the counsel of men. But let me just talk about seeking the Lord. And, and this is very important. I'll talk to you about the urgency of it. Seek the Lord. It is time to seek the Lord till he comes and rains righteousness upon you. Isn't that that a um, kind of a sense of urgency there? That other verse I read, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. You see, what you've got to do is this. Man, you have got to sense the urgency of it. Now, some of you may be sitting here and you say, well... I believe I, I know I've got fallow ground. I know how I got it. I know I, there's, a, there's a hardness in my heart. Things that used to bother me don't bother me anymore. Things that I used to do that I felt ashamed of, that doesn't, that doesn't bother me anymore. You've convinced yourself that you're okay and it's all right. But you, 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 that's just it. You've deceived yourself. And so you've got to understand there is an urgency. An urgency in these words. It is is time and don't think that you've got plenty of time you don't know how much time you have you really don't i I mean you know we live in a lot longer than we uh used to live in other words i think the lifestyle was about 75 and now it's nothing for people to live to be 85 and i hope people live to be 80 well anyway (laughs) two more months and i'll make it sometimes i wonder but anyway don't, don't bank on the fact. Don't you be like Felix when I have a more convenient time. i got plenty of time. You know, the Bible never says that Felix ever called on Paul again. The Bible never mentions Felix again. He never, as far as I know, he died and went to hell. He never called on Paul. He said, he, he, he said it's not a convenient time. So I want you to understand this morning, and I'm saying this with sincerity and conviction, that there's an urgency about this. It is time for you to seek the Lord. And by the way, there's a clarity about it. It's not only time for you to seek the Lord, but there's a clarity about it. You're to seek the Lord. Now listen, God is not telling you to seek religion. Religion is an outward pressure to keep the rules. Pressure from the outside to do right. The only problem is our problem's not on the outside, our problem's on the inside. And we have to be changed on the inside before we'll ever want to do right on the outside. So it is time to seek the Lord, not religion, not some experience, not at all. It is time to seek the Lord. Where he said there, you said, Lord, he said, Lord, you said, seek your face. 
And I said, your face, O Lord, I will seek. It is time to seek God's face and not God's hand. Oh, oh, I, I wish, sure wish God would do this for me. Well, seek the Lord. And God will take care of whatever needs to be taken care of. Well, I, I really, I, I'm seeking for God to do this. No, seek the Lord. You, you don't need to seek his hand. You need to seek his face. Because when you have him, and when he, you, you're, you're, you're looking to him, then he knows everything you need and what's best for you and not best for you. Listen, it is time to seek the Lord. Don't, let, don't substitute anything. Don't trust, substitute good works. Don't trust, substitute a man-made religion. Don't trust somebody who says you've got to have this spiritual gift. Listen, it, it didn't say anything about that. Listen to me. It said it is time to seek Jesus. And if you go after anything else, you're going to be disappointed. Well, let, let me tell you what I got to thinking about this. It got, I got excited. You know, you say, but Brother Fred, I need forgiveness. Jesus is forgiveness. When you, get Je- when, when you have Jesus, <laughs> you have forgiveness. Well, I need forgiveness. Well, seek Jesus. Well, Brother Fred, I, I, need, I need peace. I've been troubled and... I'm like a restless sea and just stirred up. Well, I need peace. Well, seek Jesus. He said, my peace I give unto you, not as the world gives. Talking about forgiveness. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ. His son cleanses us from all sin. So you see, I tell you what I'm seeking. I need forgiveness. Seek Jesus. Well, I need peace. It's Jesus. You say, well, you know, you don't understand. I need deliverance. Oh, Jesus said, if you continue in my word, you're my disciples indeed, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Oh, he said, I came to give delivery to the captives. See, everything you're seeking, forgiveness, peace, deliverance, joy. I just need joy. Jesus said, my joy I give unto you. That's inner strength. And you say, well, no, I I need strength. Jesus says, Uh, Paul said, I I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But Brother Fred, you don't don't understand. I need forgiveness and peace and deliverance and joy and strength and purpose. And I need just somebody to love me and accept me. Guess what? Nobody loves you like Jesus loves you. And no one will accept you like Jesus will accept you. I'm telling you, you're not too good to come to him and you're not too bad. You're just right. So, hey, seek the Lord. Don't seek anything else. Just seek the Lord till he comes. You say, but I need healing. Well, praise God, seek, seek Jesus. Jesus is the healer. So I'm saying, this, we've got to understand, we seek the Lord. We focus on seeking the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, I, I remember my good friend who's in heaven now. I can't believe he's not. He's still alive and preaching on television. Well, he's not alive, but it's um, videos of him on television. I remember going to his funeral at Bellevue Baptist in Memphis, Tennessee, and saw Adrian Rogers in that casket. And I said, my God, he's too young to die. This man had too much wisdom, too much power from God. I said, Lord, I, I don't understand this. I don't understand this. And I still don't understand this. But you know what Adrian always, this is how he gave it his invitation. 
he'd stand down there and he had this deep voice. It just sounded just like God. You know what I mean? I, I mean, see, God, you said you were no respect to a person. So when he talks, it sounds like God. And he would just stand down there and he'd say, come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. He'd just go across the audience. Come to Jesus. I want you to come to Jesus. He was always inviting people to come to Jesus. I don't, I don't want to go to a church that doesn't invite people to come to Jesus. Man, I want to be a place where they say, there's room at the cross for you. Room at the cross for you. And so today, all I know to do is to invite you to come to Jesus. He is forgiveness. He is forgiveness. He is uh, righteousness. He is deliverance. He is peace. He is joy. He is strength. He loves you and will accept you. Um, John 14, 6 says, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. John 10, 10, Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. But I want to close with this now. Keep, Je- keep seeking Jesus till he comes. He-, he may come today, and I pray that he will, and you'll welcome him, and he'll tell you to rise, and whatever that means to you, you'll obey him. And you may leave here saying, man, I'm not the person that walked in this room. I, I just had an encounter with Jesus Christ. I don't even know how it would be for you, but I know it has been for others. But I, I want you to know that uh, don't give up. He says, seek the Lord. It's time to seek to the, Lo- the Lord until he is found. And so don't, don't, don't give up. Maybe you, you have something happens today, but yet you still feel distant. But let me tell you something. Don't stop seeking him. I'm reminded of Jacob, who, whose name meant twister, twister. <laughs> and he had an encounter. Then Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. Now when the, the sun had gone, now when the sun Now, when he saw that he did not prevail against him, he touched the socket of his hip, the the man that wrestled with him, and the socket of his hip was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go for the day it breaks. He said, let me go, the day breaks. And he said, listen to what Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. He said, I'm not about to stop seeking you. I'm not about to let you go. I've never been closer. Oh, uh-uh. He said, I'll not let you go. By the way, Jacob didn't let him go, and God touched him, and he changed his name from Jacob to Israel, a prince of the Lord. So I'm telling you, be persistent. Don't give up until you, the Lord comes to you, and you encounter him, and you experience forgiveness and eternal life. Do not give up. Keep seeking him till he comes. I'm thinking of a Gentile woman. This is kind of hard to understand. But I you see, Jesus, when he first came, he went to the Jews. He went to the Jews. 
And he was preaching the gospel to the Jews. And it was going to the Gentiles because, uh, you know, but, but right now he was on the mission to the Jews. And it says here, a, a, some, a woman of Canaan, this is not a Jew, came from that region and cried out to him saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. But he answered her not a word, and his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away. She cries after us. And, and listen to what the lady said. But he answered and said, I was not a sin except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. All right, he says that. And then, uh, uh, then she came, this woman from Canaan, then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. Okay. He answered and said, It is not good to take the children's bread, the bread for the Jews, and throw it to the little dogs. It's not good. And she said, Yes, Lord, but even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Even the little dogs eat the crumbs that come from the master's table. Then Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very moment. What if that Canaanite woman had said, well, so I guess it's not for me. But she didn't. She said, Lord, even the crumbs. Here's God's word for you. It is time to seek the Lord. And it's for you. You need to break up the fallow ground. Let the Holy Spirit put the plow in your heart. And it's time for you to seek him until he comes and touches you and changes you. Oh, you know it. You know when you've been changed on the inside. It's not that you're not tempted, but you know there's a, a presence of Jesus in you that says no. So, and just let me encourage you. Do not be like Jacob. I will not let go, Lord, unless you touch me. It is time to seek the Lord.